welcome back to a new episode of For the Love of Weather podcast, where we discuss all things weather and how they can impact our daily lives. We really hope that you leave this episode loving the weather just that little bit more. My name is Gemma. Hello, and my name is Ashling, and tonight we have yet another super special guest. It's Bonnie Diamond. Bonnie hails from Northern Ireland and is currently a communications meteorologist with MetAaron. And actually, we haven't spoken to anybody before from the Irish Met Service, which is really lovely for me. Yes, because you're from Ireland. Because I'm Irish. <laughs> That's correct. Hi, Ash. Hi, Gemma. Thank you so, so much for having me. I'm so excited to be on the For Love of Weather podcast. Oh, thank you. Well, that's like one of the best intros we've had. <laughs> Bonnie, we always start by asking our guests, where was that first little spark, that first moment where you thought to yourself, I don't know how I'm going to get there, but I'm going to work in the weather somehow? Oh, that is such a good question. And to be honest, I I would say there, I didn't have a spark. I think, you know, there's a difference between having a love for weather and then ending up the weather being your job but for me my my love for weather and the environment definitely like 100% stemmed from from growing up on my dad's farm like some of my earliest memories are you know during the the Irish summers in the 90s where you know we had a couple of really really good summers I, I think it was like 1995 was a, re- a really hot summer and that was the year where my dad and his farmer friends literally made hay while the sun shined and I can just remember the the commotion and the fuss and the race that was on, you know, to try and get the the hay in, to, well, cut and dried, and then to get it in before the rain arrived. So I think I I, I grew up with a like there was an urgency about the weather in our house, and I and I can remember on Sunday nights in particular my dad would have been glued to the country file forecast. Uh, I think you know a lot of farmers would say that that is the uh, you know traditionally was was the forecast before social media and websites were a thing that's what they tuned into so yeah I think my my love of weather stemmed from my growing up in a farm in in Ireland and then my how I ended up in a weather career was a totally different thing how did that happen happen? (laughs) (laughs) well uh like many people I imagine it, it started at the Met Office so I, I was in my early 20s. I just finished university. I studied geography at Southampton. And I, like many people, just did not know what I was going to do with my geography degree. And I actually started to, I went down a completely different path, which years later would, would end up working out really well for me. But I, I, started, I started a, a course in journalism in Belfast and NCTJ the National Council for Training of Journalists but then I was about halfway through that and I noticed a job advert for meteorologists to join the Met Office like a trainee scheme and I remember looking through the the job advert and the essential skills and like one of the things that they looked for was an environmental degree which I had tick you know passion for weather tick but they also were looking for people with solid math skills, <laughs> which is something I didn't have. I, d- I hadn't done A-level maths. I think I, 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 d- I did AS-level maths. I loved maths, but it wasn't particularly, you know, the thing for my thing. And I remember saying to my dad, 
dad I absolutely love this job I'd love to work for the Met Office like I'd imagine making a career in weather but I I don't meet this criteria and I think when you're you're really young and this is all new to you you can kind of get caught up on on the things you don't have mm. but my dad was like Bonnie apply anyway you've got so many other things and skills you can bring and I, I took his advice I, I applied anyway and I I got the job so it's yeah it that's how I ended up in in the world of weather and it's a lesson for people to you know not be put off by the job specifications we're always saying that yeah it's like it's the it's the worst thing there's this fear around it and actually when you when you do train up and become a meteorologist um I, I'm like my brain works very differently it works in pictures and I imagine motion in the atmosphere I do not imagine equations I literally imagine like literally plunks of energy moving around the atmosphere and that's like kind of what drives all of our systems and stuff so I yeah I just don't be put off by the math system yeah Absolutely. And I think, you know, increasingly, well, weather, weather has moved away from that, you know, jobs and weather have moved away from that. You know, we've got computers to do the hard work and we need good communicators to, to kind of connect the dots between the people and the, the, the users of, of weather. That's so true because actually if you talk to quite a number of weather forecasters and meteorologists, a lot of them, don't necessarily have maths as an AS or an A-level. I don't have an A-level in maths. I learned a lot of my maths through my actual master's. And as you say, day to day, I don't use that maths knowledge at all. The computer does all that maths for me. I'm taking that data and I'm communicating that to people so that they can then take that information and then communicate it even further to the public. Or if it's for gritters of the roads, it's all about that communication, like you say, of that information. Yeah, absolutely. So, Bunny, it's kind of an interesting time, really, actually, in all of our careers from where we entered to where we are now, because there are so many different platforms. And I am the first person to put my hand up and say, I struggle to get out, you know, all of my posts through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, amongst all of the rest of the stuff that you're doing in your job. So as a communicator... Like, how do you even start to make the decisions about what you do first? Oh, good question. So for me, in my current role, so I, I work for Mayor in Ireland's National Weather Service. I've been here about a year uh, and I head up our communications team. But I was incredibly lucky to have worked at the, at the Met Office in, in the communications team there. So I spent four years as a weather forecaster and then I went, I moved into the Met Office Press team in 2018. And I really, <sighs> these guys know what they're doing. You know, they, the, I, I think the Met Office in terms of weather and climate communication are probably one of the best uh, in, in the world at it. And one of the, if, if we're talking about social media, you know, there is, a lot of information to get across in a very limited space, whether that be a character count, but also people's brain span time. So, you know, every day having a weather story and having that, trying to make it interesting is, is so, so essential, but also kind of tweaking it as well for Twitter, for Instagram, because, you know, Twitter will have a, generally an older audience Instagram is more much more picture driven with the younger audience 
and you know and just being consistent being creative and you know and and I think that's the trick and and that's what our tv meteorologists do really well is sometimes weather can be boring you know sometimes at the minute we've had this high pressure that's sat across Ireland and you know in, in Britain for the last couple of weeks and it's been pretty mild and pretty dry but how do you turn that into an interesting story where you you're you're kind of saying the same thing every day but there's also maybe a couple of little changes. So do you think there's then a space to like not be on Instagram or Twitter or whatever, or to communicate that message? Like what, what's the, does that change the frequency of how much you're doing something or do you kind of stick to a formula of something that you're doing? So at Met Erin, we have, in terms of our own social media output we obviously have Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Twitter Twitter, and Facebook are probably our main channels. We're also increasingly growing our Instagram account as well. We've just reached 10,000 followers. Woo! <laughs> but we have our standard content that we put out every day. Right. And then we would have myself and a couple of the forecasters for the day will get together and have our discussion in the morning what is our weather story for the day? You know, mm-hmm. is it, for example, it was Groundhog Day uh, a couple of days ago. So we had a little bespoke social media post about that and, and tried to explain a bit of the science behind Groundhog Day because it's a myth really, <laughs> but there's, you know, it's, it's a bit of folklore tied up in it as well. So I think for weather, which is, you know, so similar to news in many ways, there needs to be a daily discussion and a daily thought process on, on you know, what, what is the story? What other things are going on that we can talk about? And, and just tweaking it and tailoring that to, the, to your audience, which for me is the, the Irish public. I think it's always interesting as well with social media because something that you'll post on Facebook that will do really well, actually, when you post it on Instagram, it doesn't have the same traction because it's not reaching, it's not as engaging maybe with that audience. So a lot of the time, it's as you say, it's taking that information and actually tailoring it to the public, but also, as you say, to the platform and saying, okay, well, on Instagram at the moment, reels and videos do really well. So maybe we have to sort of focus on that today and get that message out in that way and not if there's a nice photo or maybe that goes on a different platform because actually if we put it on Instagram, maybe that won't do so well today. It's taking all those other factors into account as well as just the what is the weather story and getting that out to people because you can put a picture out and it won't get out the message won't get into anyone if it's not necessarily in the format that maybe it's going to do very well on that platform yeah absolutely and I think just being mindful of who who the audience is and you, you know you can sort of use the same story in different ways across social media platforms so for example a couple of weeks ago we had all these crazy headlines that it was you know arctic blast to mm-hmm. to impact Ireland and it was all the usual culprits which I'll not name but um <laughs> and you know I think increasingly uh, weather communicators really you know want to try and tackle those headlines because ultimately yeah. they're read by a lot of people mm-hmm. people will assume it is you know from the horse's mouth you know the Met Office Met Aaron and then when it doesn't happen they think we got it wrong yeah. so we sort of subtly try to to acknowledge the fact that you know actually in the next seven days there's not even a hint of snow in the forecast so we did a little video with one with one of our well-known um tv meteorologists and we posted it on twitter and she she talked about you know actually these headlines 
not, not quite right, but here is the forecast. But we were also aware that we didn't kind of, we didn't want to, you know, call anybody out or be, um, you know, we still wanted it to be quite subtle. But for our Instagram post, you know, we used the same video, but then we, you know, we're hashtagging fake news all over it. We had a little fake news emoji that we stuck on our Instagram stories. And, you know, that would, because that will engage more with the, the, I suppose, the younger audience, but that probably would have not, would have got, would been a, a bit provocative had we put it on on Twitter. That actually leads me on to actually, I was just thinking about another question I wanted to ask you, which actually leads me on to that. So how, do you find that when you're in your meetings, do you specifically think about ways that you can target and get the information across to the younger audience, specifically on things like Instagram and TikTok? It is those younger audiences that are engaging in that information. So do you sort of sit down as a team and think, oh, actually, how can we maybe make a video that's engaging and gets that like, younger audience involved in the weather today? Because not not all of the content always reaches that generation and that sort of audience. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, there is ultimately as National Weather Services, we have responsibility to deliver, um, you know, the latest weather story to the public. But also uh, with the likes of Instagram and with TikTok, there are ways of being a bit more creative and mm. getting, I think audiences more interested in a subject that they might not normally have been interested in and I think you know this is something that the Met Office are doing really really well and I got a taste of it just before I left was the the Met Office TikTok account and you know some of the reach on those videos is is into the the millions and try try doing that with a radio broadcaster or a national broadcast you know you 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 know you'd really it's not off it's not often you're going to get those fig- those figures, uh, especially globally. And I think with the likes of Instagram and particularly t- TikTok, there there's just it's so much easier to tap into those audiences. So with you know with the likes of Instagram and and TikTok in particular, there there you can reach millions you know with one video and tap into an audience that a wouldn't might not have reached before and b an audience that probably wouldn't have been interested because they're not watching the weather forecast on TV. And, and again, this is something I, I got a flavor of when I was, was at the Met Office and, and I did a couple of TikTok videos myself. And, and one in particular was around this huge temperature drop in North America, where one day it was like 30 degrees and the next day it was, it was minus two. And this was record breaking temperatures. And we were explaining the reasons behind the temperature drop. And here we were being an authoritative voice on, on weather around the world and and it's just not that easy to do that on the traditional platforms you know yeah. the tv and the apps yeah. and the website there's a real appetite i find on tiktok for those look like those educational TikTok. yeah so if you hashtag learn on tiktok it has millions and millions and millions of hashtags and there's that real appetite for those sort of videos particularly i found during lockdown there was lots of people going on to tiktok to share that educational information with people and it's a great way to get as you say the misconceptions but also that information out to that generation because that hashtag learn with tiktok has yeah. a massive reach it, it is amazing and i it's something that is part of my plan for my errand we haven't quite got there yet but i think you know it's you don't need the graphics designers and the tech guys and the you know or the tech guys or girls and and the massive team behind you if you have a phone and you have an account and you have a story to tell and you're you're creative you you can tell that story and that that quite easily and you know quite freely you just need the time 
and the, the the creativity so and that is something that I would definitely love to to bring to Irish audiences it's got its but own just, built in green screens I mean, yes <laughs> just to take it forward like to the next step so we've like spoken quite a bit about so you mentioned about the demographic of Facebook Twitter um, Instagram and TikTok now and I know all of that as well as you know within the pandemic I'm sure there's other like variables involved like how many people are now back traveling on the roads how many people are sitting on the trains and all that Bonnie where do you see so like with the advent of so many actually really good weather apps and the kind of knowledge around it now about people actually checking a couple of different weather apps to understand maybe what might what the weather might be doing how how do you go forward how do you keep up in the social aspect of the social media aspect of it like what's what's the next step so you mentioned tiktok as one question Um, is is there still a home for on-screen broadcast and will there always be a home for these social medias do you think so i i think you know whether i've already made the comparison with with news but whether like news has absolutely had to adapt in into how we reach our audiences and younger audiences in particular are you know looking to 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 get their information from their phones through apps through websites through social media but i i do strongly believe that there will will always be that place for weather broadcasters and you know i think in particular at times of severe weather you know and everybody's talking about the latest storm there's a red snow warning out there's a red wind warning out that's when people will sit down and really listen to our our broadcasters to tell the story to help them figure out what's going on uh, and to make decisions for make decisions about that so yes things have 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 you know changed in the in how people receive the weather information but i but i absolutely think that there will always always be a home for that trusted face and trusted voice and trusted space that that broadcast meteorologists bring to 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 people following on from that i'd like to ask you how important you think the actual naming of storms are because obviously we've had some name storms recently and it's a great way of getting people to sort of take notice and then obviously it's really good for getting it out on social media but I'd like to hear your thoughts on obviously the naming of the storms and then using that to show people and explain to people what the impacts are and the hazards, especially in terms of the communication side. Yeah, that's a good question. And and one that I is really close to my heart because I, I led the Neymar Storms campaign at the Met Office and, and at Met Erin now. I think storm naming is an amazing communications tool because if there is a a name storm that will affect your area and this is something that I want to come back to that will affect your area then that means that you know that there is severe weather in the way that is likely to cause impacts because you know there's a reason behind this the the name storm it had the forecasters haven't just decided you know to give it a name it is it has reached certain weather criteria and and weather thresholds whether that be wind or rain or or, or, or snow or, or whatever and and you know it, it's quite a, a good communication tool for journalists and the media to and also you know on social media to get the message out that severe weather is on the way but it doesn't mean that people should stop listening to the forecast you know people st- still need to okay so there's a storm but is it gonna affect, is it going to impact my area and you know the storm name the Met Office in the UK and Met Erin in Ireland along with um, KNMI in the Netherlands worked together on the Western Group 
of, of storm naming. And so that means that there's three different countries and three different weather services who might name the storm. So that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to impact your area. So just because a storm has been named doesn't mean that, you know, you're going to see Storm Gemma. You still, you st- just because you see Storm Gemma in the headlines doesn't mean that it's it's going to impact where you live. It could just be that Erin has named it for impact in Ireland. And therefore, actually, you probably don't need to act. So, yes, it is a good communication tool, really useful. It gets people to listen. But people still then need to find out a little bit more about whether it will impact them and whether they need to do anything about that. That's a really good point as well, because obviously we've had some storms recently that have affected the UK, but have been named by different countries that aren't necessarily part of our naming group. And actually, the main impacts of those storms have been felt by the countries that have named them. And we've had some impacts, but not necessarily maybe the impacts that that have affected those countries. I think it's a really good explanation as well, what you've just said there about knowing that there's a storm being named and that there are hazards. But actually, how much is those hazards going to impact my area? It's, it's one of those things as well that when you're doing a forecast, there is a, I mean, as you know, like all of these things have times attached to them when you're, you know, when you're actually doing them. So do you mention it by mentioning that it's not, you know, because once something gets it, so I think actually the last one was Storm Malik and actually sadly there was some mm. loss of life here in the UK, mm. but because people have heard the name and actually storm naming has been so successful. So p- most people know the idea like you say Mm -hmm. there's a storm coming but so for me at the time it didn't massively impact the region that I cover but you still have to give it like that 10 seconds to say there's a storm but we're not expecting it to affect us but it's going to be really really windy it is actually quite tricky but I still think overall it's so much better because people still sit up and pay attention Mm -hmm. and I'd much rather somebody be annoyed or whatever at me uh, to say you know if they're not listening properly to say that oh it was should have been worse rather than getting caught out in it as well do you know what I mean so I'd rather I'd rather people were over prepared rather than under prepared because we all know like this you know statistical probability of stuff actually happening but it's always those really unfortunate things like, you know, somebody's uh, like trees that come yes. down, power lines that come yeah. down. There's so, you cannot yeah. possibly predict where that's yeah. going to happen. But you'd rather still say to somebody, look, if you just don't have to travel in these four hours, mm-hmm. just don't, you know, just take it yeah. handy. <laughs> sit at but home. I, I think as well, Ash, you know, mentioning, for example, Storm, Storm Malik, which, you know, or, or another storm, which maybe was named by another weather service for impact in, in their country even mentioning it in your broadcast or on your social media accounts and just to say actually we're in for a light winds kind of weekend because the impact of this storm is is over here move on uh, and I think that's important to do that because I, I the downside to storm naming is that the media can the online media and social media can get carried away with it so so much so that people then think it is going to be in their area and I've often heard and I'm sure you guys have heard you know whenever you're out and about doing your your daily things or getting in a lift and hearing somebody saying gosh there's an awful storm Ashling on the way and Christ we all have to you know not leave the house but you know when the forecast knows that it is absolutely not going to hit Dublin and you're fine and and I think 
you know, even if that storm isn't going to impact your area, it's it's out in the public knowledge anyway. So it's important yeah. to kind of clarify that. Yeah. It also, is. you don't know people watch the forecasts to make plans. So someone might be in Ashes region and planning to travel to yeah. Cumbria for the weekend yeah. and actually saying to them, there is a storm, it's going to bring strong winds to parts of the UK, mainly in the north, not really affecting us. But that person will set up and be like, oh, actually, I was planning to go camping in the Lake District. Maybe I don't do that this weekend and I move it. But mm. it's those things as well you have to acknowledge as well that people are using your forecast to make to decisions plan. as well. Yeah. yeah. Overall, I am absolutely though pro storm naming. I think it's one of the best things. Me too. Has, yeah, I, I, I just yeah. In terms of a communication tool, it is it has saved lives. Yeah, absolutely. And communication. It has yeah. it. It is for and as for I don't know. We're having a slightly complicated conversation about it. It actually is relatively straightforward. Yeah. And actually, that's what you want to do is for people to at least look and say, "Oh, there's a storm. I'm going to look on my phone." Yeah. And it doesn't affect it like there, you know, people will have that like second thought. But what a what an awesomely proud person you must be to have led that campaign. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know that. I'm super proud yeah. of you. Oh, I absolutely yeah, I loved it. I um that was kind of probably my first summer in the Met Office press office. And, you know, here we go, Bonnie, lead this national campaign on storm naming, which was, was scary, but I I I loved it. And again, like I mentioned, the Met Office have an amazing team of you know communications yeah. experts and and content creators, and we just had everything at our fingertips to to do what you need to. to do. All do the more awesome. reason why those organisations though are so important. National Weather Services are so incredibly important, so important. Speaking of things that are important, I have another question for you. Do you think there's a place for climate in weather forecasting? in a standard weather forecast? I think I have been asked this question about four or five times in the last year. The fact that it is being, that it is being asked, yeah, I think the answer is, is yes. But the, and I, and I, you know, there is a, obviously there's a difference between weather and climate and not everybody knows what that difference is, you know, and there is a, a, a job to, to continue to educate people about the difference between you know weather is day-to-day climate is is long-term and changes in long-term climate are you know we're worried about and fearful of and i i think i mean it's, it's the whole world has woken up to climate change i i in in the last couple of years and in the last year in particular in particular and it would be i think it's just fitting for weather services and and national broadcasters to to include information on on climate to the public because it's it's not that easily accessible and climate is a complex subject and like the weather it requires explanation simple explanation uh, to to people and and I think our broadcasters do have a job to do that once again as well the national weather services are a trusted voice as well and there is a lot of misconceptions and a lot of misinformation out there about climate and climate change so it is important for people who have who are those trusted voices to get that information across to people so that we know that it's accurate information that's being put out there to people and it's people can trust what they're hearing a hundred percent and you've I think you've nailed it there Gemma you know national weather services yes we get 
criticized and we get you know people there will always be you know someone has will always say that you've got the, the forecast wrong but at the end of the day when severe weather is on the way that's who people and and the media turn to and there definitely is a space there which you know my Erin is filling and the Met Office is absolutely filling about communicating climate information to people but there there is I think it's just was just scratching the surface with it mm-hmm. yeah and I just you know the thing is though it's um it's a really complicated thing like you say and there's so if you just take one question you know what is climate change it's so many things to different people depending on where you are in the world and I think we're in this we're in this like place in the world where we are very fortunate people to have governments that have supported us through for example COVID or the pandemic that type of thing I'm not I know that's another complicated subject but I mean overall we still were able to go shopping and do all of those things and our you know the transport of everything was still in place but actually that how do you answer that question there's so many like here in the UK we know that there's changes but further afield there's changes and it's such a it's such a massive topic I see why in a way we've only scratched the surface because it's such a complicated yeah. thing to answer and you want to you want to answer it simply and even that question so my for me my biggest probably personal challenge actually um is what so I look at my boys and the other morning we were walking to school and they're was some frost on the ground and one of my boys was saying to me oh mommy it's really slippy and I said oh yeah it's really slippy we'll hold hands I said that's the frost and and my other son said oh is that the ice and I said yeah that's frostiness and I really mean it I was genuinely just honestly struck and have been many times with this thought of they will be telling their children when I went to school there was a frost on the ground Mm-hmm. and their their children will be like I just don't believe it you had how many of them yeah. in the in the winter you know it's such a big topic and such a yeah big thing and so the one thing that I really struggle with is when somebody says to you so I have all of this we are all meteorologists who are up to date on the latest climate change the answer what is the answer to the question what do I do mm-hmm. I just find that like yeah so profound mm-hmm what do I do? Well, I like talk to as many people as you can. That's definitely one thing you can do, but it's such a, you know, what do you do? Yeah. And, and I, I think, I think, you know, we're having this conversation, but the, the whole world is also having this conversation mm-hmm. between their families and their friends and their workplaces. And I get frustrated when like my fiance and I have had arguments about the fact that I feel like if I don't have that that we need as as individuals we need to make different decisions and have different expectations on the world that we live in at the minute Uh, you know down to if I order something online today I shouldn't expect that it should arrive tomorrow Mm. that that expectation has just suddenly been invented in the last couple of years I feel and with me not doing that that is that's one less person you know not having that air miles or delivery miles or I'll pick that up in my next shop or when I'm next in Dublin or Belfast you know I'll not I don't need it tomorrow and and yet 
you know, my fiance will maybe say, well, well, you're only one person. Like, you, you know, that's not big enough. But I totally disagree. I think money and money is power. If enough people realize that that's wrong and not how we need to live our lives and that immediate delivery of goods is, if we move away from that as a, as a society, then that's a huge change. But if everyone had that thought of, I'm just one person and didn't make that change, then no one would make that change. So someone has to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere and make a change. Otherwise, nothing's going to change and things are just going to get worse and worse and worse. So I think sometimes it is changing that mentality of I'm just one person. What can I actually do? Well, actually, by making small changes, like you've said, you can make a big impact. So don't be afraid to just maybe change one or two things that you're doing at a time and to see how you go with that you don't have to make massive changes all at once you can take smaller changes and build up slowly sometimes yeah and if we look at the at the history books you know it often was one person that that made that change or a group of people that collectively that made that change and then it grew and grew and grew I I, I totally see how easy it is to think inwards and that oh it's just me and it doesn't matter but we need to move away from that mentality Definitely. Yeah, and I, I think as well that I think about with my boys now as well. I'm like, what will I be telling them that I did to help their world? Mm. How hard am I really trying to change their worlds so that I know that science is all telling me I'm seeing it around me is changing? And yeah, they're, they're, I've just, they're, it's quite profound and they're pretty big questions. And they can feel overwhelming, but mm-hmm. I absolutely love your, I love your take on it, Bonnie. <laughs> I can see how it can be overwhelming for people because we're all sat here saying how it's overwhelming for us, all these questions. Yeah. We have the knowledge around it and we have the latest information available to us and we can take that and sort of take the message quite, quite quickly from what we're reading. And I think, you know, yes, people are overwhelmed, but also there is a huge appetite from people at the minute to demand change and to want to know what they what they can do and I think mm. you know we, re- we really need to tap into that I say we yeah. and I don't even know who we is but you know we need to ride that wave and, and and tap into this demand that we have at the minute for change and it's so inspirational to see so many young people you know conscious of being you know sustainability isn't a dirty word anymore you know climate yeah. isn't a dirty word anymore 10 years ago five years ago it, it was and you know people know what I mean when I say dirty words you know it was something that nobody wanted to listen to or wanted to do it just about. didn't seem as urgent yeah whereas now it is sort of in the background of everything at the minute I feel yeah um, I think that's it also it's interesting what you've said as well there and it's a completely different like podcast episode and different chat but like you said then when well whose job is it who is whose job is it to sort of put these things in place or spread this information or and that's another conversation altogether about who whose job is that or who should be doing that yeah yeah and we like we all it's all our jobs really Mm. you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah well that's it you know it doesn't matter you know we have a job we have the job that we get paid for but we also have the job that we have as as humans and people that love the weather and climate as well it's it's our job then to spread that love with people and show them what needs to be done yeah absolutely right well before we continue on down the climate conversation because it is a big passionate one 
But actually, even in this short one that we've had, I've actually, I have more ideas and I have been a little bit inspired, which is lovely. And just that, yeah, it just can feel really overwhelming, but actually small things collectively make a huge difference. Yeah, we can't stress that enough. Absolutely. Right, Bonnie, we're going to get on to our Get to Know Me round. So the Get to Know Me round, what's your favourite season? Oh, I feel like this always changes depending on the season that I'm in. <laughs> I have to say, though, I am absolutely done with winter at this stage. Me too. <laughs> bring, bring the daffodils on, bring the, you know, the lambs on, bring a bit of warmth in that, in that sun. I overwhelmingly though I do feel like I am an autumn girl yes I love those rusty colors I Me love the too. crunch of the leaves it's only better than walking through the leaves I love the pumpkin yeah. Bonnie a bit of our friendship just broke right there <laughs> we just became much closer friends <laughs> I think especially because I moved home to Ireland last year I was in in England for years and I don't know. I just feel like autumn looks so much nicer in Ireland than it does in England. Not sure why. Uh, it, oh, I, 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 do, I think it is because it's different. It's different. Like we're in England. I, I don't think cities. people who live in the south of England, I think if they've been there all their lives, and I mean, no disrespect, I say this, but I don't think they realize how continental their climate is. Yeah. Though so it has yeah. seasons for sure. But it is, it's just a different climate. Like Ireland has a much more temperate climate. And I think I agree with you with the colours there. I don't know that there's something different about it. And I think it's the less continental aspect of it that makes all of those colours Yeah, different. I think you've maybe nailed it there, Ash. And for me, like I, when I, I lived in, in England, I, I, was, I lived in urban areas the whole time I was there. Whereas now, you know, I'm spending much more time up at my family's farm in, in Derry and, I'm in, and I live just outside Dublin in a small, you know, cute village. And I feel like you just walk out, I walked out my door and there was autumn. Yeah. Whereas you have to kind of look for it a bit more in, in towns and cities. Yeah. Something kind of <laughs> special about Ireland as well. Oh, well, also. <laughs> yeah sorry two against two against no, one gem. <laughs> so if you had to choose between twitter or instagram which one would you choose Ooh. okay i've got two answers to this professionally and getting information across to as many people as possible quickly twitter mm. the retweets the reshares the, ha- the like hashtagging it like particularly around severe weather but personally i <laughs> i absolutely love instagram yeah you can yeah it's definitely my social media platform and totally unrelated to work I my fiance and I are planning our wedding and I am 99% sure we have planned absolutely everything through Instagram from our photographer to our venue to our color scheme to my flowers like it's all Instagram I think it's just it's so good at connecting Mm. you know the smaller names and the you know you're not just relying on big heavy advertising and you can really find what you want yeah it's a great platform and as you say I find Twitter it's really good at finding out weather news and weather information it's really great for that but yeah I love a bit of Instagram yeah me too I I love a lovely photo yeah (laughs) especially if it's off the clouds (laughs) or a nice wedding dress you were a fruit or vegetable what would you be oh I can safely say I've never been asked that oh okay 
I think I'd be a no that's not that's a legume I think I was gonna say I'd be a chickpea because I absolutely love chickpeas I would be a lime okay no one's ever why? said that before yeah why would you be a lime I would be a lime because it makes everything better <laughs> <laughs> tequila gin and tonics tequila <laughs> a bit a bit of salad dressing yeah a bit what else cheesecake lime lime um key lime pie yeah oh my god key lunch. lime pie oh my mum makes the best key lime pie amazing <laughs> yeah I actually lime. love lime in a gin and tonic which people think is a bit weird but I think it's gorgeous <sighs> love it it's gin and tonic isn't a gin and tonic without a lime a lime yeah I love it or I will take a cucumber yeah if, or both if, or oh, well I don't know I haven't tried both pushing it's crazy how have I not tried that in all the years I drink gin and tonic <laughs> that's what I'm going to be doing on my next night in because I don't <laughs> right, a couple of quick ones for you if you could invite anybody to dinner it could be anyone at all from any historical time frame um, and they can be fictional who would you invite oh I hate these questions because I always like think about them when nobody asks me them and then I always think I'm going to have a great answer and then I forget. Anybody from any... um, Do you know what? I think I would love to have met my dad's ancestors. Our family farm has been in our little plot in in, near Mahara in Northern Ireland um, for like three 300 years you know wow. our family our family home has been there since records began and we have an old photograph of my dad's granddad and it was probably taken in like the late 1800s or early 1900s and I just want to meet those people yeah you that'd know, be fascinating yeah I would love to know more yeah we I think my dad like my family would too you know our farm is so yeah. important to us and we just don't know the people who were there before us so yeah yeah such a lovely answer it'd be such a lovely dinner as well <laughs> yeah. I'd be showing them limes and all sorts of weird they, things that just, they like, would, they'd probably be horrified at the type of meat we serve because their meat would probably be like the best most oh, yeah. amazing properly like, grass-fed <laughs> and like properly you know all crooked vegetables and the way they're supposed to be and you know yeah it would be a good meal it would be Okay, we have this most random of questions. Fingers for toes or toes for fingers? <laughs> Do you know, I really have to visualise this. I've heard you guys ask this before. And, <laughs> right, I have, I've had it. I think fingers for toes. Yeah. Because I just don't know how toes for fingers would work. I agree. Well, we've only had one person say toes for fingers <laughs> and they were a builder. So they said that they're on their feet all the time. So then they would have... Uh, so I actually so yes I think that was a good answer for that but yeah I'd be I'd be fingers for toes yeah I I can't even imagine the other (laughs) (laughs) and our final question that we love to ask people is one thing that you wish everybody knew about the weather I would love if every single person would sit down with me for one minute even 30 seconds so I could explain the difference between rain and showers go on go for it it. so showers are hit and miss sometimes you're going to get them sometimes you're not they're really hard to forecast if you see sunshine and showers in the forecast please don't cancel your plans just keep an eye on the radar if there's rain in the forecast 
totally different ball game. You're going to get wet. Ta-da! <laughs> I just, like, I saw somebody blaming my Erin the other day for cancelling their plans and this because it was raining or because it was raining in the forecast that for that afternoon and they sent us a screenshot of their the app and there was like a blob over this person who lived in Cork and there was a little shower blob over Cork at like the exact time that they you know had their barbecue or whatever it was outside it wasn't a barbecue because it's February but whatever it was and I just thought to myself like you do not understand how showers work you're gonna be so cross later when the sun's splitting the stones in Cork and You've cancelled your plans. Yeah, and most yeah. showers don't really last longer than, if, if even five minutes actually, yeah. from, the, from the commencing to the completion, because they're moving, they don't really yes. last more than five. I know cloud is that big, and if it is, then it's a massive thunderstorm, you know. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that would be my, I'd rest easy if everybody knew that. That's a good one. That's a great one. Actually, it's a great weather wisdom as well. So leave the podcast on as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank <laughs> you for, for doing, and it, yeah. It is the source of many. And now the thing is, <laughs> as meteorologists, and we I, have, I these have these conversations, so, conversations. so often. <laughs> I know, but even here in my house, we have these conversations of yeah. like, how can you live in a house with someone who's a meteorologist and still not, first of all, ask them what the weather is going to be. Yeah. Report, report to them what the what the weather is and, and say, yeah. Uh, and say that it's raining how can you live with a meteorologist and say that it's raining like, yeah that, yeah it's it's a shower of rain yes yeah. yes that is correct it is a shower of rain it's a shower of rain, but, but it's raining right now and I'm like yes I know it's rain but it's a shower of rain yes yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rain. <laughs> yeah it's raining now but oh it's sunny now I'm like that's, that's a shower, shower. Yeah. that's a shower yes you got it that's it <laughs> That's what a shower is. Sunshine and showers. Yeah. Oh, the, the name. Yeah. And I yeah, I just think if 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 more people understood sunshine and showers, yeah. the world would be mm. a better place. Yeah, because you can describe the frequency of those showers and say like they're frequent or they're not frequent. And that in itself is a message. Yeah. Or like they're isolated or mm. you know, there's they're well they're heavy or they're, they're like well scattered. Yeah. yeah they're slow moving. They're they isolated, but they're slow while. moving, yeah. you know. So you're looking at a thunderstorm like they oh, Yeah. There's so many ways to describe showers. I they're know. <laughs> yeah, there really is. But it's but never, all we need is for people to understand. The thing is, it's never the right way for everybody. That's the complicated thing about them. It's never the right way for every, like anyone who's looking at the forecast. It's never quite the right way to describe it for them because somebody will get it. Somebody will get it. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that's the annoying thing about showers. Yeah. Anyway, Bonnie, thank you so, so much for joining us today. If you have enjoyed this episode as much as we have enjoyed recording it, we would love it if you would share it with anybody that you know that might want to have a little listen. Could we please ask if you could subscribe, rate and review the podcast? It really, really does help us. And if you want to follow us on Instagram, we are For the Love of Weather. And on TikTok, we are For the Love of Weather. And on Twitter, we are the number four Love of Weather. And Bonnie, where can people keep up to date with some of your work, whether it's through your personal stuff or through Met Erin? Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks, Gemma. Yeah, so my Erin has all the main social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Watch this space, though, because we will hopefully have a TikTok in the near future. And uh, yeah, we can use that to help explain sunshine and showers and all those other <laughs> other things that nobody seems to understand. <laughs> 
Thank you, Bonnie, for joining us this evening. It's been absolutely gorgeous. And we hope that everybody listening to the episode just leaves this episode, Love and the Weather, that little bit more. Thanks for listening. 